This episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by Surety and Answer Force. How much business are you missing because you're not available 24-7? Make sure every opportunity is answered after hours, on weekends, and over holidays. From first notice of loss to current customer calls, Answer Force works with restoration companies to answer every call and keep your business growing 24-7. Search Answer Force Restoration to find out more or visit answerforce.com. This episode is also brought to you by Surety. Don't let cash flow crunch and admin burden stop your team from doing what they do best, building. Surety accelerates the insurance claims proceeds process by taking care of tedious work with mortgage lenders, helping restoration contractors get paid in full and get back on track for success. Visit surety.com to find out more. Hey there, thanks for checking out a fresh episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have a new guest on the show who will hopefully be a repeated guest in the future. I am joined by Aaron Brunko, who is the president of Property Estimating Solutions at Verisk. You might better know it as ExactWare, which runs Xactimate and all those things. Those are more familiar terms in the industry, but Aaron is not at all new to the industry. He has been here for a while and has been within the ExactWare ecosystem for a while. So Aaron, thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to toss it over to you and have you kind of introduce yourself and share a little bit about your background and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, really appreciate you having me on uh, today and hopefully it'll be a repeat. Yeah. I guess we'll see how this all turns out, whether you ask me to come back or not. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll leave that till the end and maybe the feedback that you get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Aaron Bronco, I've uh, I've been with this organization, so was Exactware, acquired by uh, Verisk uh, for over 22 years now. Uh, I started out in kind of the most entry-level role, which was technical support. And I guess the joke is that I can't hold the job down, and so they just keep moving me around, and uh, here I am. Uh, probably the last person that you would expect to be in this role if you had known me uh, over 20 years ago. But here I am. How's that? But here you are. All right. So <laughs> so talk about some of your roles leading up to being president of Property Estimating Solutions. So Mike Fulton retired earlier this year and you've moved into his role. So what positions have you held beyond between technical support and today and how you've gotten to know the industry over those 20 years? Yeah. Uh, so I won't go through every one. I think there's like 14 or 15 different roles that I've had within the- Can't hold a job. Yeah, can't hold a job down. Uh, and so I've I've rotated through a number of positions, whether it be on you know client focus and sales training, uh, on the software development delivery side, or in leadership positions. Uh, I think what has really kind of helped me is that breadth of understanding across the business. Uh, I know our products inside out, forwards, backwards, however you want to say it. I know the data very well. Uh, if you think about the data and the scale that occurs within all things related to Xactimate, exact analysis, exact contents, it, it really is quite tremendous. And there's a lot of gold uh, in those hills, as we say. Uh, I think what has probably prepared me uh, the most is, is being out with customers, understanding the pain that they feel uh, as they go through and try to get their job done. And so having that understanding uh, and appreciation for what customers go through on a regular basis and how they need to take care of their customers, right? So in this B2B2C world, uh, I feel a great sense of responsibility to uh, build resiliency into uh, what would otherwise be 
maybe probably the worst in some cases uh, life event that somebody may yeah. experience and that's meaningful and important in a number of ways yes yes okay so what do you see as kind of the biggest trends happening in the property insurance space today now post-covid world there's different economic symptoms things happening so where what do you see as kind of the biggest trends right now in our space yeah so uh volatility has been a pretty big trend yep. uh, just in terms of uh what's happening from you know like a pricing perspective is an example so you've seen the trends that have occurred with lumber uh and then you've seen quite a bit of inflation as well occur. If you look at combined ratios across all lines of business for a lot of insurers, uh, depending upon market, some of our our insurer customers have been hit pretty hard over the last couple of years. And so you're seeing rate increases. Uh, If you're a policyholder, you've probably experienced that yourself. Or if you're a business owner, you've probably experienced that over the last couple of years. So insurance is becoming uh, more costly. And the the costs associated with uh, uh, getting a policyholder back to uh, as if it never happened, making them whole again, uh, is is pretty costly. And so, I think for insurers, also for restorers, mitigators, etc., uh, trying to drive out a lot of that overhead cost that's associated with running your business is really just a, a strong industry trend right now to focus on those efficiencies that can be gained. And, you know, that's where I think there's a lot of, uh, let's call it friction that generates heat within the industry. And uh, hopefully we can be somewhat of a cooling effect on that with some of the things we have coming up. Yes. Okay. So what do you view as Xactimate's role in the ecosystem as a whole, the property claims ecosystem? Yeah. I mean, think about the scale in which we operate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Xactimate is, for all intents and purposes, a financial tool. Uh, for many within the industry. Uh, We look at it as a mission critical tool as well, or solution, if you will, across the ecosystem. So how, you know, assignments flow through the system, how estimates are generated, how the review process occurs. uh, And and we're not alone in how that that occurs, right, through that overall exchange. If you think about, you know, the scale at which, uh, you know, companies like Eagle View, Hover, uh, et cetera, come, come into play, Yep. It, it's really tremendous and important. I mean, even Nextgear, right? Nextgear, CoreLogic, they provide tremendous value uh, in terms of, of some of the integrations that we have. And so we, we look at that as, as a very important and uh, highly regarded position within the industry that is, is one that we don't take lightly. It's something mm-hmm. we have significant responsibility as we turn left, turn right, accelerate, decelerate, uh, there's, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. So what is, this is a question, almost an elephant in the room question that gets asked probably every single interview you have done and that probably Fulton did before you over the last few years, what is their overall take on integrations? Where do you stand on integrating with other software platforms, other insure tech platforms, all of that? Yeah. So we, our intention is to be uh, open within the ecosystem. Uh, we want to take a more aggressive approach and proactive approach by seeking out opportunities. Uh, we still have that responsibility. So they do have to be secure. They have to create value in the ecosystem. And so it's, it's a matter of trying to find that balance of checking those, you know, the various boxes from that standpoint, making sure that we're not creating additional risk or exposure 
in the ecosystem, uh, but being aggressive and being open is also what we're uh, leaning into right now. Hopefully, we have, I think it was 57 uh, on deck right now that we're working through, uh, trying to bring them into the ecosystem for one customer or another, or even on our own accord, because we think that they create value for the industry. And so it's, it's a lot of work. We have full-time dedicated resources that that's all they do is think about that on a daily basis. Okay, so diving into that a little bit more, you talked about being proactive in those dedicated resources. So are those people actually looking for other platforms that would integrate well into the Verisk ecosystem? It's not always people coming to you saying, can we integrate? Yep, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, there's a couple just, they both start with an S that come to mind that we were proactive. One was uh, Surety. I think you've done a podcast with uh, Watley and his team. Yep. I think that that's, that's a tremendous opportunity for the industry. I think that that would add a lot of value <clears throat> and we'll see, right? I mean, that's a hypothesis and, and we'll see how that plays out, but I do believe in that one. Yep. Uh, I think that, uh, I think source seven, uh, I don't know if you know Lyle and team, uh, that's an awesome opportunity on the subrogation side uh, for, for appliances that fail. And so we're looking at those types of opportunities to, Go after, be proactive, and uh, highlight and showcase them, uh, even, even up to and doing uh, proof of concepts to say, let's evaluate a particular flow and determine if this uh, creates the value that we believe it will from our hypothesis. Okay, so talking about integrations a little bit more, we recently published an article in CNR that got um, feedback in both directions, some people that liked it and some people that didn't like it at all. And it had to do with the idea of this, Nate Sisney wrote the article and he said he brought up the idea of instead of having all of these different platforms that kind of maybe work together, kind of maybe don't. And, and and contractors have like seven different software platforms that they're using that maybe talk and maybe don't. He said it's time for the industry to have a central hub, kind of similar to like a Google workplace, where then there's all of these other apps that cohesively work within the space, right? I'm curious your take on that philosophy or that idea. Do you think that that would work? Do you think that that's not the right direction? What do you think? Yeah, I I, I mean, what's the closest thing to that today? You. For for the the restoration industry, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, on the insurer side, the policy and claims management, you have you know Guidewire, Duck Creek, right? It's kind of that central exchange uh, uh, placement. Uh, so we we try to be that, right? But we also recognize we can't be all things to everybody, which are you know additional spokes that kind of come into that hub, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but but I also think that. Uh, you're going to constantly have people that have differentiated needs. Yep. And so it's a matter of trying to create as much flexibility for them to uh, accommodate those needs. And, and you're, again, it's just, it's going to be differentiation, right? I mean, what's your favorite color, Michelle? Green. Green. So if I said you can only pick one color uh, forever, right? And it's black, right? Henry Ford's model <laughs> back in the day. Right. People want differentiation and you will end up with variation in any system. And yes. that's where we sit today. So a good thought, uh, something that we are striving to do to help try to promote some of those uh, standards that go through what at least we, uh, at least maybe some of the exchanges that happen through uh, our systems. Uh, but 
I also recognize that it would be unrealistic to be all things to everybody. That's just, it's not going to happen. Yes. Yep. I agree. And the world is getting more and more to the point where you can personalize everything to the way you want it. Even the color of your laptops and your phones and whatever, everything is completely personalized to the way you want it. So it'd be difficult to have one place that has everything. So, okay. So I want to talk about pricing a little bit as well. That's also been a huge topic in the last few years. So talk through some of the updates that Verisk or Xactor has put into place in the last few years to help better keep up with pricing and um, help contractors get their feedback in training, all of those kind of things. Yeah. So I'll cover it at a high level. Uh, One of the things that I think is really important is uh, training and communication, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, It's, you know, Watley and I did a presentation uh, a couple of weeks ago at RIA and and, you know, I think the opening slide was something to the tune of, you know, with lack of information, you generally come to your own conclusions and they're typically not in a positive light. Yep. So I think, you know, the more that we can communicate with the industry, we, you know, our objective is to provide transparency. And then if, if uh, that price doesn't meet the local needs, uh, provide feedback and change the price, mm-hmm. right? This is an open market. You can determine what your price is. Somebody can choose whether they accept that price um, and maybe push back on it, but that is not, that's really not our place is to say whether uh, somebody should or should not in an open market accept a price. So that exchange is between two different parties that, you know, we we provide the research, the publication, and then the transparency and let the rest occur in the market. So for people who are thinking or listening to this thinking, I I wish I knew more about what's going on in Xactware or the priceless updates or whatever that may be, what resources do you push them to, to be sure that they are getting the latest information that's out there? Yeah. So I would recommend signing up for the pricing course that we have. So Greg Pine and team have curated that course. Uh, I'd say do that. And then I would say also understand uh, the line items in more detail. Uh, so how do I effectively use Xactimate to get to an appropriate scope that I can stand, beha- stand behind and I can justify, right? In any argument, I think that's important. Uh, and then I also think it's important for companies to know their own costs. Uh, and, and I would say the, the, both the fixed and the variable costs and how that breaks down to the smallest unit economic uh, possible so that when you apply that towards a job, you truly understand what your total cost is, including uh, overhead uh, on, on a per job basis. I think that's really difficult for a lot of our stores to do, uh, but I think it is important that you have to know your own cost allocations and whether you're gonna make a profit on any particular job. Okay, when you talk about understanding line items, it's interesting, David Obert said the same exact thing when I talked to him last week. So I think that that's interesting. So what does it sound like, or what does it look like to understand line items when there are so many in there? What is the best way? Is it going through a course? Is that the best way to start learning or just paying more attention when you're putting your estimates together? What does that look like? Yeah, there's there's more that we can do, uh, should do, and will do uh, as it pertains to that. Uh, if you, yeah, I, this is kind of where I, I've gotten some education on it, right? You have your, your most commonly used line items, right? Everybody, you, know, you, could, you can probably spout off the categories and selectors for those items. Uh, I, I've found a lot of value in what actionable insights 
uh, does, quite honestly. Yep. Uh, they have various pricing sheets. They try to communicate, right? They're a nonprofit. They try to communicate to the industry to provide that, that sort of awareness. Yep. I think that they've done an outstanding job on that front. I think there's probably more that we can do uh, from that standpoint. I mean, how many people are paying attention to the priceless changes, publications that we push out on a regular basis? I'd say get into the e-service center, uh, pay attention to those items, pay attention to those changes. And then uh, I think that there's also a data-driven approach that we could uh, take with various companies. So our intention is to be able to provide data. So across, let's say that you're uh, an owner, as an example, and you have five different offices. Uh, can you tell me how much you estimated in drywall? Uh, can you tell me what your top 20 line items are that you've used or the top 100? Uh, we can, we can tell you that. So we need to make sure that we're giving those tools so that you can better understand your business and then evaluate what's available in terms of uh, pricing and what you might want to uh, select from a line item standpoint. So that's A. The second part of the answer uh, or B is going to be some of the new capabilities that we are driving forward for what would be you know, typically common or customary in a particular home based upon loss that you know, people just forget. Uh, as an example, we were working with an owner for a large restoration firm and, and the, the president had said, you know, our best estimators make common dumb mistakes mm -hmm. because they're flying at 100 miles an hour. They have customers that are angry and adjusters, and they're just trying to make everybody happy. And so, you know, things slip to the cracks. And one of the tools that we have been developing and are moving to market right now is something called Exact Expert. And the idea behind that is to help. You know, the joke is that, you know, marketing wouldn't let me call it Exact Sherpa. Uh, but <laughs> the idea is that it'll be a guided kind of real time, keep you in compliance and help you uh, write your estimate. Um, I, you know, we, we formulated kind of the, the plan of how we're going to go about this a uh, year and a half ago or so. And we had what we call as exact scope as really kind of the, uh, you go bowling, you put the bowling ball on whatever that tool is that little kids use and then they roll they aim it yep. and then they roll it down and then they have the bumper rails that keeps it at least within some kind of range of knocking a pin down yes. uh, it's kind of the same concept where we have exact scope that pre-fills you know you answer questions populate the scope and then you start making modifications to it and that's an exact expert is your bumper rails that kind of keep you going down the path so you don't end up with a gutter ball Okay, perfect segue. We have exact Sherpa, exact scope, and now exact expert. So talk more about exact expert a little bit. What is it and how can contractors check this out? Yeah, so exact expert is a rules engine that allows for you to make modifications to the rules based upon your estimatics best practices. So uh, what do you consider to be common when certain items are present or by type of loss is an example. Uh, and so basically what it does is as you're writing your estimate, it's providing guidance to you that you can direct an individual towards uh, considering. Uh, it can go from, uh, you know, something as simple as just providing some kind of a warning or informational topic to something that says this is actually a violation. You really need to correct this before you can proceed and ultimately get to, um, you know, an appropriate estimate or bid amount. Uh, so as somebody's writing the estimate, it's providing that live guidance to help them make fewer mistakes in the process 
And, you know, if it's the Sherpa, it's not to fall, you know, into an ice crevice on, on Everest. How's that? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm full of bad analogies. We can keep going on that if you want. <laughs> I, I love analogies actually. So keep them coming, whether they're good or bad. Um, we used a house analogy before we even started talking. So I, yeah. Okay. What is, let's talk about Verisk's stance on innovation. We talked about this a little bit offline as well, but within the Verisk ecosystem, you have other arms that are in energy and supply chain, real estate, government, industry, all of these different things, right? So what is Verisk's overall stance on innovation and trying to drive innovation forward? So uh, first I should say that we are an insurance pure play focus right now. Okay. So Wood McKenzie, right? If you go and list, you know, follow some of the, the bigger market trends. So we're no longer in oil and gas, right? And so we're really leaning in on insurance as a starting point uh, for the business. So it's kind of back to the roots, if you will. Okay. Um, and, and when you think about uh, insurance uh, and, and then you start to really kind of think about the property, there's really so much there that we have and that we can offer. Uh, what, what information do we have around properties uh, that we can service, you know, that we can serve to companies, right? Whether it be the restorer or whether it's information to help the adjuster make better decisions or the estimator make better decisions. Uh, we have, you know, just a wealth of, of information. Uh, things that are used on the underwriting side. So for example, we have uh, a company that's used all the way on the front end for uh, making uh, marketing decisions, right? So we have actually two companies. We have a company called Jornaya and we have a company called Infutor that has tremendous amount of data uh, as it pertains to any particular property and even you know individuals within that property. Uh, and then if you kind of back out of that a little bit, uh, you look at like what we have for 360 value for doing the total valuation. Uh, we have a company called BuildFacts on the underwriting side, which has all of the permit data down to local municipalities. Uh, that can be tremendously helpful uh, through a number of different use cases that, uh, that we've considered. And then, you know, just within uh, property estimating uh, solutions as well, you know, formerly Exactware, or I call it Exactware family of products. You know, you have your traditional Xactimate, but then we also have uh, solutions for remodelers as well. And so that can be kind of a reinforcing uh, data point for all things pertaining to uh, the property. And ultimately, when it comes down to, you know, let's let's say damage occurs, uh, getting uh, the, the best information to the relevant parties where they can have the best decision support is is really, I think, what we have and the, our ability to do that is, uh, I, I, I'd be, be hard-pressed to find something that compares at, at that level of, of detail from a data perspective than what we offer within Verisk. Okay. Any fun teasers of things that are on the horizon, things that are in the works, things you can share? Yeah. So, I mean, exact experts have been a pretty strong uh, point for us. Uh, yep. so we'll continue to invest behind that, make it smarter, make it faster, make it more intelligent. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, it kind of falls within the same uh, realm. Uh, we have uh, something that uh, I won't give you the code name because I'm not in love with it, but basically it's the reconstruction uh, automation from a water mitigation. So it's kind of the putback. So based upon, you know, the water mitigation uh, estimate, it can at least get you a good starting point for the recon 
uh, for an estimate. So it will pre-fill, basically recreate a reconstruction estimate and essentially allow that as a starting point to provide additional efficiencies in that process. Um, and then there's, there's, there's so much that's going on just in terms of some of it being smaller incremental value creation for uh, our customers where, you know, small things that go a long way uh, are also areas that we're looking at uh, providing more intelligence through the data, uh, business intelligence, uh, dashboards, the various KPIs that, you know, depending upon whoever the actor is and what they want to measure, we have a lot of those capabilities that we're really leaning into right now. And then uh, from the workflow side of things, uh, it could be the, the whole job management piece that uh, we continue to refine, or it could be the full assignment distribution and communication process, especially if you do program work. Uh, like a contractor that can be somewhat uh, aggravating, I think, for a lot of contractors. And so trying to be better about making that information more interactive uh, is, is a key point for us as well. What is your big goal in your role? Maybe it's your 10-year vision, even though technology, how could you possibly know it's 10 years into the future? But what is your big goal in this position? That's a good question. Uh, not screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Yep. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, lots of pressure. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's continuity, but I would say, I mean, so for me, there's so much more that we can do from an efficiency play uh, for really all of the actors in the industry. I think that we can be better partners to all of our customers as well as uh, the third parties within the ecosystem. And so, for me, what I consider to be success is. We continue to play an active role within the industry. We're very uh, open and willing to listen to our customers and then come up with the very best possible ways to create value for them. Uh, it, may not be, uh, it may not be exactly as the customer thought about it, but it might be a different way that we approach it. And so for me, if we, if we can continue down this journey of creating value for uh, our large constituent base, I look at that as a big win uh, and also being more, I would say, open in, in that process. Um, and, and, and frankly, you know, there's going to be innovation that comes along the way. I mean, if, you, if, you're, play, if you're paying attention to what OpenAI will bring in the future, uh, there is going to be tremendous capability just from, you know, large language models to, uh, what we can do with computer vision uh, that the teams are working on now, uh, probably a little bit further behind in terms of skunk works. And, and you have the whole legal side of it. We are talking with a larger insurer today. And uh, if you look at like some of the challenges that are happening in the Florida market, uh, just doing automatic labeling, photo descriptions, right, as an example, what happens when that gets challenged uh, in court? Uh, who generated the images? Did they say it was covered? Did they say it was damaged? Uh, if AI generated that, what are the implications, right? Downstream could come out of that. So uh, this goes back to the old adage of just because you could doesn't mean you should. And so it's thinking through all downstream impacts uh, is, is also a very careful thought process that we have uh, taking place right now. Yes. Okay. A lot of wisdom in there. You also repeated a number of the, I wrote down maybe like six words at the beginning and you repeated almost all of them in your goals. So I think that, I thought that was interesting. So what, hey. what, what would you think would be a good goal that I should focus on? 
just you're you're representing you know a large group of individuals like what what do you think that they should they would say that Aaron you you missed the mark here's what you should really also be focusing on well, I think it's something that you and I talked about offline, which you did say in your answer is value. I think as long as you can continue increasing value, which brings in innovation and working with contractors and thinking ahead that could versus should those kind of things. I think all of that falls under the value umbrella. So I think that you hit the nail on the head with your answer. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, let's go get it. Let's have some fun. Right. If we're not having fun, we're doing it wrong. That is exactly right. Well, I so appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Thanks for doing the panel at RA with Watley as well. I know that that was really insightful for a lot of people. So I look forward to seeing you at many shows and doing more podcasts years down the road, probably. Hopefully, hopefully this has been worthwhile for you. And, and thank you for uh, thinking of having me on here. So of appreciate course. it. Yes. For more restoration today and the latest news, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com and find the latest episodes of the Restoration Today podcast on your favorite podcasting platform.